Hi guys, I'm Rich, one half of Beard and Bear. This is a message recorded on the 19th of June 2020. Due to ongoing revelations in the wrestling industry regarding currently emerging accusations against a number of UK independent WWE, NJPW and AEW wrestlers, we have felt compelled to affix this message to the start of our archived content. We have chosen to keep our archive content as is, for the purposes of transparency. Please be aware that discussions about wrestlers currently embroiled in the ongoing Britress abuse scandal were recorded before these revelations came to light. If you wish to hear our views on these accusations before you continue to listen to our archived content, please feel free to search for hashtag speaking out on our anchor.fm forward slash jfabe profile. In addition, on the back of recent protests and the Black Lives Matter movement, like everyone should, we have checked our privileges in context of what we have learned, particularly regarding sensitivity and microaggressions. I have discussed our past content with multiple people of various different races, creeds, religions, sexualities, genders um, from across our society, and feel some of it may not best reflect our views as they are currently held. However, This podcast has been left as it was originally released. Some opinions are kayfabe and are given by parody characters or personas that do not reflect the present views of Rich or Jay or the actors portraying them. Listener discretion is advised. Everything you hear from this point on is what was released on the original day of publishing. Thank you very much. Hey, it's me, Rich from Showing Light. Filling in for Taz, who's totally not avoiding me. Thank you for checking out the Showing Light podcast, part of the JFabe universe. You can keep track of Showing Light at anchor.fm forward slash JFabe. That's J-F-A-B-E. In addition, we're available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocketcast, Radio Public, and Stitcher, among other RSS aggregators. Please rank on iTunes so more people can be kept up to date. At JFabe Podcast on Twitter for universe announcements, at Showing Light JF for wrestling stuff, and myself has a Twitter handle which is at Not a Time Duke. Showing Light is a podcast set in the JFabe universe, so sometimes stuff happens in the future or even in space. You can keep track of Showing Light Podcast on YouTube. If you've missed the podcast and just want to catch up on the story or the best bits, look out for JFabe there. Get a whole season one story of our Christmas special playlist or look for the season two playlist to catch up coming soon. Now, without further ado, JFA presents Showing Light Podcast with Rich and Jay for the 15th of January 2020. Hooray! Um, wow, I got through that in record time. It's, it's, oh, oh, is it going to fade out? It's, it's fading out. It's fading out on the saxophone, sorry. It's fading out, fading out, fading out. Showing light! Yay! Do you feel that the noises are now quiet in your mind? Oh yes, Alistair! Feels much quieter now, mate. The milk of the seeker will do that. Oh! Thanks for doing all this. The memories in my head since my first breath. They've just been so overpowering, I can't tell who's his mine and who's his ooze. It's like the carts before the horse, it is. Cor blimey. You speak in riddles. So tell me, what is it you must know? Well, 
Because the time duke's all out of order. Can't quite tell who I am. I think I've got an idea. Sometimes you meet yourself. Yourself from the future. You see him on telly or doing something, like commentating. And then you find him and you're like, Oh, that's who that is. It's me. Well, hopefully today we will realise who you are. First, I want you to think of a long, tied string. This is the string of your memories. But doink, the ancient god of mirth and laughter, he has tied it up. Doink, that name's familiar to me. He is a jester. The gods, they never allowed him into the Hall of Fame because he was too funny. And so, he plays pranks on the rest of the universe. Unwitting pranks. One thing I must ask y'all, Black. Don't uncross your legs. Keep your eyes closed. If this is a sacred ceremony, where is the seeker? And where is the shipbuilder? Surely they would be better people to be carrying this out than a yarl or a king. They are indisposed at the moment. They are gathering more milk for next week's ceremony. Now, enough of this world. Go back into the last. I can see into my memories. Here is his ship. Did you get the key, Corey Graves? <laughs> yes. Then open the door. We will see his secrets. <laughs> Just as I thought. It is a space vessel. Space and time. But it is sleeping now. Do you know how to operate it? Yes. I will build this ship. So I know how it will work. This is the rune that will start the ship. And this is the rune that will call its owner. How do you know all this? The stone from the sky. It has the words of other stones engraved in it. Memories. I... I'm remembering. Good. Concentrate on the memory. It will all come back, I am sure. My name used to be... Jesse, did you get all this sorted out? Yeah, I spoke to Vince. Got it all sorted. We now have the red belt. That's so cool. Now I just gotta go find myself an Austrian. Well, while you were busy writing letters and talking to Vince, um, I've done something cool as well. Okay, Robo Ridge, what is it? So, if you press this button, it'll give you a link straight to Showing Light Headquarters, and it'll play the Where the Fuck Is Taz theme, and then after that, it'll give you a list of three clues, um, so you don't have to worry about thinking of where you are or anything, it'll just create, create the game for you. But I already know where I am. Why would I ever need something like that? That's stupid. You're stupid, Robo Ridge. No need to be a dick about it. What are you watching, anyway? Just catching up on the competition. 
I gotta steal this belt from Rodasher. Wow, he's big. Maybe you should spend some time watching NXT UK. Really get a feel for a competition. Who's that on commentary? Janu, never met him before. I know who I am. It all makes sense. Don't press that burn. This ship is stolen. I used to be Jesse the Body Ventura, but then I changed. And now I'm Nigel McGuinness. I will call the owner of the stolen ship. We will speak to him. Let him know he has allies. You don't know who that could summon. Oh, but it will be fun finding out. <laughs> Showing light. It's Rich and Jay. Let's talk about today. It is 7 a.m. on Wednesday morning. That is the 15th for the first 2020. GMT, of course. If you're in the States, you can always expect us to drop at around 2 a.m. in the morning, I think, if you're on the East Coast. Um, but, of course, we like to promote it throughout the day. We are available at anchor.fm forward slash jfape. We're also at Twitter, Spotify, all those other places. This week, we have got a jam-packed <laughs> conversation for you. AEW. NXT. That's going to be filling up our segment one. We're going to be talking in segment two about all of the news from this week. Big show. Who cares? You know? WWE thinks we do. Still. Downward spiral of Teddy Hart. Maybe we should comment on that. Maybe we shouldn't. Um, CM Punk. There's been a bit of fun with that. And, of course, Tessa Blanchard has been making waves in both right and wrong ways. Um, And then, of course, we have... NXT UK Blackpool, which dropped this weekend. We asked the important questions in regards to that. It's going to be a jam-packed show. Yeah, I'm really just questions. hanging on what is until weird, that weird. drop happens. Go on, go on, Jay. Sorry. What is with the weird BDSM dragon mask? <laughs> the important questions. Eddie Dennis. Um, I think that they are trying to introduce a little element of NJPW into this. You know how Japanese wrestlers like to wander down to the ring in a mask that they no longer wear? Yeah. Ring masks. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, Before we do get there, um, just want to kind of take some time to acknowledge um, the death of La Parker 2, as he is sometimes known. That is La Parker, um, the triple A replacement for the La Parker we all know from WCW. Anyone who was slightly confused about that, I'm not surprised. He's it's a very confusing now situation. called LA Park. Yep, that guy is called LA Park, his replacement, um, who has been doing the La Parker shtick for 20 years. Um, unfortunately, um, lost his life 
a few days ago due to injuries coming about from a fall back in October whilst doing Suicide the Suicide dive to the outside, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, have you seen that dive? I have. The landing it, was pretty awful. Yeah, it's an awful, awful situation. Yeah. Um, and I think... In this day and age, I think all you can say, I mean, it's somebody who's very experienced, like La Parker too, um, ends up in that situation, then it can happen to anybody. And I think it's it one of those situations. Due to age, like, take that kind of take that kind of hit at the age that he was, still wrestling. Yeah. Because that's something to I do mean, with it. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, estimates range from 54 to 56, depending on the source, but um, either way it's not an age to be doing moves like that and um, if so it's it's an age to be doing moves like that when you are incredibly well practiced um, and even then it doesn't always go right as proven there it's, a, it's just a very sad situation and I'm hoping that this year we can make it through without any deaths of any other Mexican legends um, especially in the ring <sighs> well we were going to do a 10 bell salute for these kind of situations but we never actually got round to it um, getting the sample um, but yeah I, th- I, th- I think all it, there's not much really you can say so should we move on yes wrestling in that big canvas in the sky cool um, well now I've brought everyone's mood down Let's move on. AEW and NXT. AEW, of course, um, started two weeks ago. They had a first of the year um, show on the first. That was at the Jacksonville, Florida place. There was a bit of controversy surrounding the end of that show um, as at the end, Sean Spears came out and did a bit with Tony Khan, who then stunned him. Um, Did you hear any of this controversy? Any thoughts on that? not really controversial it's just what they do at their own show it's just a bit of fun isn't it um i think even it's... the ref or audrey audrey aubrey yeah yep, as well so yeah i mean it's it's one of those things it's like i don't know it shows it shows what tony khan really is um which i mean i don't mean to well he's a money mark He's, he's a Comrade okay. Thompson. He is paying to surround himself with his heroes because he has the money to do so. Um, it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. I think my major concern is that a lot of people put a lot of stock into this company and ultimately, you know, it's just one of those things where... <sighs> I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on there because Sean Spears is the guy who suggested it. Um, you know, some fans were saying, "Oh, he shouldn't be doing that," and then other fans were saying, "Why do you sound like Taz?" But keeping stuff in focus. <laughs> um, I, I think I think the truth is, you really good Taz Taz impression. How did you manage to do that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like I just spoken to him so much, you know, because me and Taz are, are, are not tight. <laughs> we have a history <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it seems that we're we're increasing that history every time we meet at the moment <laughs> um yeah, so I don't know it's he's surrounded himself by all of his friends, and now he's doing what they want um and 
whether it's good for business or not and that's a concern that I think AEW is going to need to address this year um, judging by the state of the cards for the last two shows um, it hasn't reflected in the ratings at all of course I mean this year uh, sorry this, this last week gone um, they did 900,000 whilst NXT managed 700,000 so there has been a bit of a boost with AEW um, in its time off I'm not sure whether that's a bit of the New Japan kind of backlash or whether people who are tuning into wrestling because they're aware that the um, Wrestlemania season's kind of clicking around um, are finally kind of kind of set checking out this AEW thing I'm not quite sure what that is um, any thoughts on what could be what could be driving that I mean Wrestlemania season could be one of the reasons you're totally right about that but I don't know all the indie fans they seem to love this product they would this like live or die AEW um, I'm part of a few groups on Facebook and it's all WWE sucks, everything else sucks, AEW is everything. We must watch AEW all the time. If you don't like it, then you crap. I hate you. It's like, well, calm down, mate. It's one second. Yeah. Very passionate fans. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think that's gonna get to the point where that's to the product's detriment though, is it not? Oh. Yeah. I mean they're way too passionate. A yeah, lot of I mean them. To some degree, it already is to the to the actual detriment of the product because, I mean, I think I think like for instance, you see a lot of stuff about how, um, like sometimes we we feel or have in the past felt that we needed to pull our punches in regards to AEW in case there was any potential backlash, um, and I think there are a lot of critics who do feel the same way. Um, I just called us critics. <laughs> that's alright <laughs> no so like how you said that's alright as if I made a boo boo um, <laughs> um, and, and, and the thing is I mean I can quite happily go and say that last week um, AEW had three segments that all ended with the same angle fronted by three different collectives yeah um, so we're talking about the Dark Order we're talking about yeah we had the nightmare collective start off on the woman's and that first off was an absolute botch like that entire segment was confusing it was messy that bold guy came out who again like most people who do come out in AEW, um very little fanfare very little build very little any kind of idea as to well jim ross of course turned around and said who the hell is that Excalibur. <laughs> Excalibur. It's, yeah. it's it's Luther, the Japanese death match legend. Exactly. Um, and I'm <laughs> under the impression that nobody's quite sure what they are seeing or going to see during these during these kind of events. And when the fans when when they expect kind of a a reaction from their fans, if they haven't built a, what would it have taken to introduce Luther correctly? Maybe what? some vignettes. Yeah. So what? A Maybe minute and a half to camera promos. in shadow. In shadow. Yeah. Per week for three weeks. That would have done it. I kind of already did that. They did, did do that. He was in the promos of Bradley's promos when she was cutting them, and she was like tapping his head and shit. So he was there. Just no one knew who he was. No one knew who he was, and no one still knows who he was. So what was the point in hiding him? I had to watch a match to find out who he was. <laughs> I didn't bother. It was against because, Sabu. 
It was against Sabu in. Was it good? No, it was terrible. Um, it was in ECC Wrestling, Extreme Championship Canadian Wrestling. Oh yeah, very yeah. original. Yeah, um, and they just sort of walked around a bit, hit each other a bit. I assume you saw that on um, Pivot Share on on Progress or? No, no, it was just on YouTube. Um, a video. I think it was on Wrestling. Someone explaining who Luther was and like, check out this match, and it was fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely awful. You're going to put a match on there. You need to at least put like his best match on there for people to see because at the moment I'm not impressed. I wasn't impressed with Brandy Rhodes commentating either. Like She's, she's a bit like a cancer, isn't she? <laughs> she, she literally sucks the energy out of everybody. She's like... I mean, when we started kind of doing skits and talking and kind of talking about wrestling, like one of the first things that kind of we passed on to each other um, that I had learned from when I was younger and I used to do acting and improv and stuff is um, we discussed yes and, um, which I'm sure you're aware of now, is, is, the, is the idea of, you know, when you're doing a skit or a bit or when you're talking to each other in character you take what somebody says and then add to it rather than detracting from it but these guys are asking her questions like um so what are you doing out here to to to, to say brandy what are you out here to say brandy and she's like you don't deserve to know what i'm here to say but when i say what i'm here to say uh, you will know that i've said it and you better listen and you better listen and then the next sentence it was i'm here to tell the world that and it's just like that's that's not how you play yes and like any six-year-old who's done a drama class will know how to do that you know what i mean um and i don't know i just get the impression that it's what you're getting here from brandy is she's wanted to do this to do this gimmick for a while and now she has all the toys and all the costumes and all the money to play it. I think she's doing it whether it works with the product or not. Would you say that's fair? I'm shrugging. You can't see me shrugging, but I'm shrugging. Oh, okay. Cool. Yes, <laughs> <Right>. and... <laughs> she is shit. Um, I don't yeah, play yes, and... The women's division is one of the biggest problems um, with AEW at the moment. I think we can safely say that. I watched NXT just after um, this week's NXT. Previous weeks um, had been recorded. I watched. I watched um, this week's episode, and their woman, the women's matched. Uh, um, I think it was second on the card on NXT. This from the eighth of January. Oh my fucking god! That kicked ass. Like there was this, there was this angle with the UK women's champion as well. Um, the NXT UK women's division absolutely fucking killing it. And then AEW, it's like it's like somebody's just said, put on put on something pretty. Now go out and do something stupid. We're not going to explain any of it for to our audience. If they don't know, then it's their own fault. Isn't that Kenny Omega's project? Yeah, well, Kenny Omega has other issues um, at the moment. Does he not? Yeah, kayfabe. <laughs> but if he's no, producing, no, no, a, I, producing a women's division, then he should be producing it because <laughs> it's not doesn't seem to be being produced by anybody at the moment. No, it just seems completely fucking directionless. Um, and I'm not saying this like 
this isn't a case of me sitting here and saying, oh, well, you know, AEW shit, I hope they fail. It's not that. I'm, I'm just pointing at the fire and saying, you know, there's a fire truck right there. Go for it. At some point, guys, if you just want to deal with this shit. I mean, they keep introducing new female wrestlers, but it's not helping the roster. It's not giving it any any depth, actually. It's just like, oh, here's they're here. There's no depth while Riho is somehow still the woman's champion. She's she's a joke that you either get or don't. Again, she feels like an in-joke. Well, I guess so, but... Yeah. I mean, so say she's been wrestling since she was nine years old. Yeah, as I well mean, as that's, that's great, but she's still the same size she was when she was nine years old. I mean, you can't tell you can't tell me that it needs fucking Brandy Road, a woman the size of a dump truck. That the re the re <laughs> the regeneration of that bold chick from CM Punk's thing. All right, and, yeah. <laughs> and you know, Mr. Fuji or whatever to fucking take her down. And then you've got every, you've got every other one. You've got fucking Aja Kong. You've got Nia Jax. Nia Jax the sequel. Um, and, yeah. And then you've got Britt Baker MD comes over and fucking talks to Riho in that in that backstage segment that had awful fucking sound in it the week before. You couldn't hear a word she was saying, which is fine because I couldn't understand what she was saying. The person she was cutting the promo on right to her face clearly couldn't understand what she was saying and was just staring blankly. And she was with a fucking translator who was doing absolutely fuck all to translate it for her. I don't remember that segment, but um sounds There's fun. a reason you don't, it was shite. <laughs> It is laughable that women's division and Kenny Omega. Are you ready? I am. Wind your fucking neck in, mate. Oh, on Kenny Omega. On fucking Kenny Omega. <laughs> the gloves are off here in regards to AEW because then after I'd sat through that shit, they pulled the exact same angle. Fifteen minutes later, I sat there and counted, and this time it was with the Dark Order. <laughs> Yeah. So creativity is non-existent. <laughs> I think that might be the word I'm looking for. There's nothing tying it all together. There's nothing there to tie it all together. At and then you points, look at NXT. Oh, what a fucking show! Week in, week out, they are fucking lighting it up. That first off, Dusty Classic, both matches kicked ass. Oh, I haven't seen the last one. <laughs> I've just realised I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I'm um, still to catch up on that. Who was it? Both ma- um, was in the so, match. Oh, I'm going to have to get all the results now. Um, I was hoping you'd carry me through that bit. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> you haven't watched just it? Realized, okay. Just realised I haven't watched it. Okay, um, NXT uh, first results. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's okay. I'm not editing that out. Um, oh, that's, why would that be there? Um, January the 8th, 2020. 
Right then. So opening segment, um, Rhea Ripley comes out um, with a title. Um, Candice LeRae, um, Kaylee Ray, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and um, yeah, other people all come down. Um, sorry that what I'm reading is missing one of their names. Anyway, um, so six people end up in the fucking ring. Um, two of them from NXT UK. They all want that title. Some of them are pumping Worlds Collide. You end up with um, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, and who's that NXT UK face? Uh, Tony Storm. Right. Thank you. Um, Kaylee um, faces Kaylee Ray, Bianca Belair, and Io Shirai in a tag match. It is a four. It is a six-way tag match, um, three on three. Kicks absolute fucking ass. Um, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, and Candice LeRae win. Um, then you get Forgotten Sons versus Imperium. Really, really strong match. Um, fast pace. All the usual stuff. Um, brilliant, brilliant work from Cutler. Brilliant work from um, Arkner. Massive DDT at one point. Absolutely great match. I, I can't say enough about that. Uh, that was followed with Austin Theory versus Joaquin Wilde. Again, absolutely fucking killer match. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Joaquin. He's been on the shelf, hasn't he? Since not really yeah, on the shelf, just not just not used. I think I think he because I mean when when we've talked previously, we were under the impression that the NXT Breakout Tournament um, was going to feature. Joaquin Wild quite heavily because we were um, like we were good fans. Well, I personally am a massive fan of DJ Z, um, his previous incarnation on the Indies, um, and of course you um, you expected him to go quite far. But of course, I did. Jordan Miles um, happened. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Jordan Miles, for putting you in a title position. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry to be racist, but here's a title shot, mate. <laughs> anyway, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but now Joaquin Wilde is getting some good screen time. Austin Theory, obviously, um, that's worth seeing. Um, yeah, really, really quite something. Undisputed Era then faced Gallus. Um, that again is an absolute meal and a half. Um, the fact that Gallus then went from there on January the 8th back to London and put on a put on the show that they put on is just stunning um, then there was a promo with Johnny Gorgano meeting Finn Balor um, then Mia Yim faced Caden Carter um, which obviously was quite stunning to watch in every way shape and form and then Keith Lee Dominic Dijakovic Cameron Grimes and Damian Priest had a fatal four way match um, for the um, number one contendership. Okay. Sounds like a missed a good show. Best catch up on that one, eh? I would go out of your way for it because everything, everybody there has a reason to be doing what they're doing. AEW, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. When you see When you see a fucking spirit bomb from fucking... 
from fucking one guy onto another and then you see it again three minutes later what that tells me especially when one of those guys is a 90 pound boy what that tells me is that there's nobody stood in the back saying everything should be tied together do you know what I mean which would be Cody in the books aren't they running gorilla Uh, well yeah and I mean that's another thing. I mean the books recently made headlines by going to that basketball game and super kicking that guy. Do you remember this? Did you see any? Yeah, of this? vaguely, vaguely remember this. Yeah, how but... would you? Well, like, one of the things that people fed back is that everyone was asking who the fuck these guys were. Really? Yeah, because no one knows who they are. You know, they're on a basketball court. They have a fucking six foot eight guy in Luchasaurus. Send him, but no, the books are more important, more more concerned about putting themselves over, and you know, doing this kind of gimmickry and being like, "Oh, we're the COO." Send your fucking talent out there, mate, because no one, no one knows who you are. What quipping fucking thirty-five-year-olds? Oh, everyone's going to want to watch that, aren't they? Yeah, well, I am deeply concerned. How long are you going to give them until they um, fold? Because it was said about seeing their order folding a year, uh, impact's still there, impact's still breathing. Yeah, but in what state? I don't think AEW will fold. That's the thing. I think, I think they'll cut costs and cut costs and then eventually be sold off. I think the elite will leave. I think they'll leave a husk of a company in its place. Um, I think the internet will meme about how there's no elite wrestling. Um, and you really then, think the elite are going to leave? I mean, it's I think eventually, I think eventually that company. will happen. I don't think it's going to happen now, but I think there will get a point. Because what happens if what happens when the cards? Remember that these guys are richer than Vince McMahon. Yeah. What happens when Tony Khan's daddy? decides this isn't profitable for me anymore you've had your fun son make it profitable or i'm gonna have to stop fun paying for the what is effectively a money sink it's the whole dixie carter thing again yeah because Panda exactly energy be. was putting shitloads of money into tna and then we're like actually we're losing too much money now what are you gonna what is the value of to whoever owns that company at this stage because they're not turning a profit All of these wrestlers have their have their stuff on wrestlingtees.com. You know, and the AEW shop, that's that's trying to run the same kind of deals that wweshop.com's trying to run. You know, the 20% off and the buy one get one for one penny, all of that kind of stuff, but th- they haven't made the money this- to do that yet. They haven't. No, the COOs, the COOs and all of those guys they're packing trucks with merchandise. You watch Being the Elite, and the the young books are driving from state to state with a truck full of merchandise that they're selling on tables at the back. You know it's what like I mean? Indie style selling. 
yeah, that's what's going on here. Um, and yeah, they're probably paying somebody to stand at those tables, but those t-shirts are being hauled by the young bucks, by the fucking inner circle. I mean, obviously not Jericho, because he's the champion. But, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't tell me Sammy Callahan's not carrying his own t-shirts to the fucking show. Oh, I imagine he would be. Well, exactly. And Sammy Callahan's on impact. Oh, who am I thinking of? Sammy Guevara. Uh, they're all the same guy. <laughs> they're clearly not. They're clearly not the same guy. They're in different companies, different gimmicks. All Just right, got the name Sammy, which is spelt different. Yeah, but they both had matches with John Moxley. You're, okay. you're, not, you're not willing to fact-check that, are you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, it's... I don't know. I'm I'm just concerned about the state of AEW, and I'm worried about where it could head. Um, I d- they're putting on reasonable show at the moment, but there is already they are not surpassing indie wrestling for me at the moment. I don't think they put on a more consistent week on week show than say Defy Wrestling. Um, I don't think their pay per views are any better than Progress Wrestling. Um, they're not better than progress, definitely. No, they're not. <laughs> um, like every every chapter is like a pay per view. Like yeah. yeah, I mean, I've gone on record saying that some of them are misses, but out of the hundred that they've done, you can definitely say they've had at least ninety hits. Definitely, definitely, and you know it's. But I mean, at this stage, they're kind of they're kind of. I, I recently paid five ninety nine for a subscription to the Body Slam Network. Um, it's on Pivot Share. It carries some of the same stuff as um, as Progress as well on demand. But I wanted to kind of shake it up a bit. Seriously, the there? amount of oh CZW's entire back catalogue with a two really? month delay. Yeah, with a two month delay. So Cage of Death won't air until the end of the month. Um, but then you've got you've got some seriously great stuff. Um, I would say that it's the, your best value proposition, like penny for pound in regards to hours that you can get outside of NJPW or the WWE network. Um, but particularly, I, I wanted to watch myself some CZW stuff, and my god, that stuff is brutal. Um, I'll be I'll be talking about that a lot. Do you more like the streamers? <laughs> um, I recently tweeted a picture of John Moxley getting his face carved open with a jigsaw um, <laughs> from um, what Tournament of Death Eight, um, which I watched the entire thing and was just—I spent the entire thing cringing at the fact that this ever happened. Um, I would go was out it, of your way just to check that that network out. To be was honest. it his cowboy gimmick? <laughs> was he wearing a cowboy um, hat? It was. It was after that. It was. <laughs> it was just his just his pants and his mox leather jacket thing. Right. Okay. But, um. But yeah, I mean, Riptide, Riptide are on there, and I think they're they're on a six month delay. But my fucking god, the first seventeen chapters from Riptide are art. They are just pure art. They are the art of British wrestling. They are really good. Um, Better than progress? No, it's different product. 
Okay. Um, do you remember when WWE did that thing where they they did the WrestleMania theater where everything was from a filmic yeah. filmic angle yeah, and everything was yeah. like kind of it's like that no commentary um, and there's no hard cam it is all just just camera angles from a cinematic perspective and it tells the story from nice and close all the way through um, and it feels like you're at the event they put filters on it to make it look cinematic um, it, it's pure Brighton but I mean Cara Noir versus Pac going 30 minutes my fucking god mate that really? match yeah I, I am def- I, I've got a short list of things that we can watch on Royal Rumble weekend when I go around to yours and we get hammered yeah that's on it <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, it's really, really good stuff. Um, yeah, there's some really, really amazing stuff on there. Um, we've really kind of gone off off topic here. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of enjoying it. Um, <laughs> what else do we have to say about? Oh, let's let's go. Let's quickly. What do we have to say about AEW and NXT? NXT is um, definitely the better product. AEW needs to put up their fucking socks right now. Yeah, um, I'm 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 very concerned for AEW. Um, at the moment, I, I, I don't, I'm not concerned for the money-wise, but they need to they need to improve. Um, they need to spend more time developing their characters, introducing their characters. They need to stop worrying about the indie pop. The whole oh, who's that broken through the ring? Well, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, it's it's those guys that clearly have everyone in the knows fans. those guys. Yeah, we I mean, about the butcher and the blade. Who gives a shit about the Butcher and the Blade? But it's not just the Butcher and the Blade. It was the Dark but, Order but, when they started. But also with the Butcher and Blade, the way they were like, why did they attack Cody? Oh, it was me. It was me. I'm MJF. I, I um, put them to the task. Yeah. <laughs> there was no reason behind it. Like, i tell you what it was. Originally, Cody was going to be this whole Nightmare Collective thing. And they realised that he needed to be faced for his run with MJF, but they'd already pulled the trigger on the bunny coming out because no one talks to anybody. Because obviously the bunny was doing it in res- the bunny was originally doing it in response to the cutting of her hair. That's what changed her. Anybody who watches Dark will have seen that moment, and then two weeks later she appears as the bunny rather than Ali. It was quite clear it was supposed to be a sharp brandy, and then they realised actually, story-wise, that doesn't work because that implicates Cody as part of this massive heel faction. When he's in a he's in a face run against fucking MJF, I absolutely guarantee that was it. That's got my Dave Meltzer stamp of approval in that that is bona fide fact. <laughs> Yeah, they're really fucking up, aren't they? They really are. Um, Six-man tag team match next week. Um, Diamond Dallas Page, Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall. Um, Again, two of those characters are characters that have not appeared on AEW for any length of time on the TV product. One of those characters, I I only know him by name, um, versus The Butcher and the Blade... Um, and of course MJF with the bunny um, so already we're, we're getting a fourth look how evil we are dark faction now um, if MJF cements himself with those guys we've got 
a tag team match between Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander, um, who will be facing the Nightmare Collective, um, which is um, Awesome Kong and Mel. No surprises who's going to win that one. Um, singles match between John Moxley and Sammy Guevara. This is Bash at the Beach. Uh, yeah, this is Bash at the Beach. This right. is next week. Um, a singles match between Pac and Darby Allin. We That'd all know good. who's going to win that. But no, it should be a really good match, that. Um, and then we've got the World Tag Team Title Number 1 Contendership Fatal 4-Way match. The only redeeming feature about AEW is how good its tag team division is, which is surprising considering there's absolutely fuck-all character development and there's only eight teams. Um, but Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks versus Proud and, Proud and Powerful, stupidest name ever, and the Best Friends. <laughs> That will also be a good match. It'll be a good match, but it's just a match. It is just a match. There's nothing yeah, it's not that part match. of a. It's not part of a cohesive whole. Um, how many? How many? There's kind of no reason for the Young Bucks, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega to be against each other in a tag team match. It doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, but also then you get the whole meme-worthy nature of Orange Cassidy appearing and doing a little gimmick. Um, then you proud have... and powerful. Uh, I mean, this is really just a way of getting proud and powerful back on TV because they've had absolutely no reason to. They didn't even show up for the last two weeks. That kind of says something about about EW. If one of your supposedly top tag teams don't one, even show in up, your champion stable didn't even didn't even appear on the main show. Like, and we're talking. These are segments where. There were at least two segments where you had um, where you had Jericho and the Inner Circle out there just without them. No explanation as to where they are. They're just not there. Well, well, there was kind of an explanation. They were down the road, blocking off the roads and holding a party for when Moxley decided to join the Inner Circle. You see, that's Jericho. You can absolutely tell that he was just given a mic and was like, I better explain where they are. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's nothing else to that. That's just Jericho covering his own ass um, because he knows that that looks ridiculous. Um, and I, d- I don't get Taylor and Trent. Well, they're the best friends. <laughs> yeah, the but... best friends. They like to hug and hold I... hands and wrestle. I don't know. First off, is like right. First off, I don't know what either of their voices sound like. I don't know why they're the best friends. I don't know what what is compelling them to be good friends. All I know is, every now and then, somebody presses the stick. And they perform an animation where they hug each other before they wrestle. Just like if you're playing WrestleMania 2000. Their spirit meter goes up a bit. Okay. Sorry, I am absolutely decimating AEW, aren't I? Well, I mean, there's just cause for it. It's not a solid product. No. It's really not, and it's really starting to show, and I'm concerned, especially with the amount of... I mean, that that Memphis thing. 
Oh, but they announced they're gonna have loads of people out and never actually. Oh, they did. They it. did honour those, but those people by giving them front row seats. It is an honour to have a front row seat to a fucking AEW show, apparently. But yeah, no, that I mean, obviously they probably shuffled that to dark when they realised that, you know, just wheeling out an old Memphis commentator and have JR talk about his dead friend twice and not interact with him otherwise, you know, was somehow, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm just in awe of JR at the moment. In a good way. A-W-E Moving on Let's talk about JR and how he gets names of wrestlers wrong all the time Mm. gets names of moves wrong all the time doesn't have a Mm. clue who most of them are new wrestlers come in he's like well who the hell is that well, to be He's fair, clueless. so's the rest of the fucking audience in regards to the new wrestlers because they don't give any kind of indication that these guys are coming out or what they're there for or anything like that. But don't you find that the commentary is more commentary slash podcast? Yeah, Excalibur should be leading. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, Tony Schiavone, to a lesser extent, probably... Like, I like JR as a play-by-play man, but... In my opinion, the best piece of play-by-play he's done, um, the most recent piece of play-by-play he's done that's been any good, was his work with the pre-taped stuff of New Japan Pro Wrestling on AXS TV. Um, when he was just taking like tournament matches from their back catalogue with AXS TV and just talking over them and commentating them without any reference to the story or anything like that and was just talking about what was happening in the match like it was competition that he can do perfectly still but put him in this environment with this amount of stuff going on and give him absolutely cool information (sighs) yep it's a stinking ship that everyone needs to get off, but they won't because they're getting a fuckload of money for it. They are getting a fuckload of money. Um, meanwhile, NXT next week. Um, so there's a battle royal to determine Ripley's next challenger. That's between women. So that could be quite interesting. Um, I assume the best way to look at that would be to uh, as kind of a little mini equivalent to the Royal Rumble, um, but for NXT women. Um, then Matt Riddle, Pete Dunne, face off against Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan um, Webster for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. That's got blinder written all over it. Yeah. The grizzled young veterans will be facing the Time Splitters, Kushida and Alex Shelley in the Dusty Rhodes Classic. That's going to be a barnstormer. That's a fucking dream match right there. I am looking forward to that one. You have Kashida and Alex Shelley. Um, they tag, I don't know if better than Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. And they do have a similar mm. tag style, a high octane. The tag team yeah. moves are absolutely amazing. Where you have like the drop down into the. What's that? Indian Deathlock into a drop kick. And then yeah. various like assaults after that. Fucking insane. I mean, 
seeing somebody as well with a traditional catch-as-catch-can style like um, uh, like um, Zach Gibson um, face off against somebody like well either of those opponents in kind of even just a three minute kind of J- Japanese style kind of wrestlerthon, you know, like they have when two people first meet in a Japanese wrestling ring in a tag match. Just having that will be enough for me. Just give them five minutes on that mat together. That then would you be got, great. It I think about that Gibson's ground game as well. Yeah. Um, and then you got to think, I mean, think about Alex Shelley's all round fucking game. So he'll be able to match his ground game. So yeah. it's going to be a very, very, very interesting matchup to say the least. Yeah, no. Um, Zach Gibson is snake pit trained. Um, he is one hell of a fucking wrestler. Possibly one of the best wrestlers in NXT UK, pure wrestlers in NXT UK. Seeing him against either of these two guys, especially with their strong style leanings, um, particularly Kushida's strong style leanings, um, always going to be a recipe for poetry. Um, yeah. I hate to say this. I was, I was when when this AEW thing started. I was like, I am ready for something different. How WWE have stepped up their game in response to AEW and put out a consistently better product on a Wednesday. Granted, most of that's Triple H, and both of us can quite happily admit that the main roster still pretty dog shit. I don't think either of us watch that regularly. Nope. But NXT <laughs> has been fucking phenomenal. And I'm excited to watch AEW, but I'm excited to watch the matches. I'm not necessarily excited to watch the product as a whole, because that is a mess. So, all in all, NXT are kicking ass. AEW needs to pull up their fucking, pull something out of the bag, because at the moment they suck shit, even though they are pulling out the ratings. Mm. Let's I just say that NXT is winning with products, um, ultimately. I th- I think I think we've got to. I mean, the product is better on NXT as a whole. Um, I think AEW always has the potential to have better individual matches. Um, out of the two, AEW is clearly doing better in its advertisement game. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how fans respond to WrestleMania season. Um, and I think once these products settle post WrestleMania season, it's going to get even more interesting because then you're going to get your longest period of stability when it comes to views um, from that kind of vital April all the way over to the October kind of season season premiere again. I think that's going to be a really interesting period because that's I think is when you're going to get your first kind of your first and that's when AEW really needs to be focusing on building to great pay-per-views because NXT have only two pay-per-views over the summer. AEW could have three or four and if they build them correctly and make that AEW season they could still save this and still come out with a creative product that I think we would we are all itching to watch on a Wednesday. Welcome back to Show and Light. Jay has decided to take some honey. Um, is, is that JD with honey or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I thought I thought you were trying to cure your cold, but then I thought actually no. No, it's going to be JD with honey, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you've heard us slag off AEW, um, which I didn't really mean to do, but that kind of happened. 
Um, so let's go into the other things that we need to discuss this week. The big show. Do we care? No, move on. <laughs> All right, CM Punk. This week, CM Punk recently went into an exchange with um, the Miz. Um, are you aware as to what this exchange was? Clearly, with our pre-podcast talk, I have no idea what's going on. So, cool. <laughs> let me know what it is. So, <laughs> CM Punk, um, well, sorry, um, the Miz was asked um, if he's happy being on the show um, after CM Punk's entrance, etc., um, and how he felt about CM Punk being there, and. Um, the Miz's response was oh sorry I didn't change the culture so fair play WWE on Fox then retweeted that quote um, in quote marks and CM Punk used his real life Twitter to respond with go suck a blood money covered dick in Saudi Arabia you fucking dork oh right and then <laughs> promptly took it down about 20 minutes later, about an hour later, when he realised that it was... <sighs> is, CM, is CM Punk okay? Right. It's just CM Punk, isn't it? Is it, though? Like, I mean, what is this? Is it that he's a bit of a dick? Or, because, I mean... This is a kayfabe <laughs> response from an innocuous question asked on CM Punk's own fucking show. And it set him off. Well, I'd say it's Renee Young's show, but he's Either just way, kind of there. Is the history between these two... I don't know, what do you think's going on? Probably. I mean, CM Punk apparently butted head with a lot of people backstage from what I've been reading in the past well, so something that was pointed out by um, Kevin Castle and Antonio on Wrestling Soup um, on my way home which I thought was necessary for us to reference um, and I, I feel I have to kind of Mirror. mention them for kind of pointing this out to me because I, I thought oh um, are you aware of the backlash incident from 2016 between the Miz and Dolph Ziggler my so, silence tells you I don't remember anything. <laughs> they started off a match by re- by um, performing um, by basically doing a mock up of CM Punk's UFC defeat. Okay. Yeah. Oh so yeah. yeah. The bell rang. Miz got yeah. full head of steam, charged at Ziggler, hit a double leg takedown, a series of punches, locked into a rear naked choke, and the Miz escaped it um, by touching the ropes. Whereas, as far as CM Punk's concerned tapped out he would have tapped out yes um, yeah 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 no I do remember that <laughs> now is this a continuing saga because like I don't know if 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 one of your ex kind of guy to hold a grudge if one of your ex co-workers <laughs> made a comment like that about you would your response have been to tell them to go suck a fucking dick um you know publicly on Twitter and go off like that or is there something more or is CM Punk just is he is is he alright do you just think it was banter I don't think I don't think think when he's hired by both Fox 
to cover the WWE in a positive manner, I don't think calling Saudi money blood money is necessarily the type of banter that he needs. Uh, we do it all the time. <laughs> well, that's true, but I mean, we don't work we, for Fox, yeah. who is working with WWE. Exactly, we are we are fun- <laughs> we, we are of course funded by the United Arab Emirates, so that is an entirely yeah. different different kettle of <laughs> kettle of atrocity. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's it is exactly that. It's yeah, I, I'm just worried. I think there's something there. Um, and I I am worried for the health of CM Punk, and I think. So you WWE, think that Phil Brooks has lost his mind? I don't think he's lost his mind, but that is an incredibly. This is a guy who doesn't really do this. He's considered quite cool and calm and collected. Is he? More cool and calm and collected than <laughs> that. You know, because this is like. I don't know. I think it will all look quite funny when he's shilling for Crown Jewel um, come April. You know, and all of a sudden that truck rolls into town and two weeks later we're all in Saudi Arabia again cheering for Shane McMahon having his dick sucked by Prince Solomon or whatever. <laughs> and he's and CM Punk's on Fox talking about what a great match it is between fucking Goldberg and the cadaver formerly known as Doink. <laughs> That'd be a fucking five star, that would. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, if they managed to put on, if they managed to put like perform. I subscribe more... to WWE Network again just to watch that match twice. Well, if they manage to perform three <laughs> moves on the fucker, um, then at least they'll have um, beaten the Undertaker Goldberg match from last year on two TVs. <laughs> uh, at the same time. Up fucking ridiculous um, any other thoughts on this I just think it's Phil Brooks being Phil Brooks I don't think there's anything wrong with him or WWE you th- may be regretting this decision at this stage was it WWE's decision it was Fox's decision wasn't it to bring Steve Punk in well ultimately I d- are the parties there who are regretting this decision because, I mean, Fox can get CM Punk in, but, I mean, that backstage set is, is kind of a collaborative effort, is it not? Yes, yeah, it is. It is, but I mean, uh, if Fox you, brought what, him in, what they level think of show us fire him. Yeah, but what level of creative control do they do WWE have over that? I, I would assume they have more creative control over that than, you know, it's an agreed package. But I think that if Vince McMahon turned around and said, I don't want this guy up my show anymore, he'd be reading his opinions about WWE from a fucking Fox News desk on a completely different time slot. So could could we all just be marks? Could this be a worked kayfabe angle? Huh. That is an insightful thing that you have proposed there. I don't think so. I don't um, think so. I think it's just Phil Brooks being Phil Brooks. That's exactly what I've been saying. (laughs) (laughs) But I think Phil Brooks is quite unhinged. um, Because that is a bit excessive. He's reacting to a fucking tweet. Tessa Blanchard. He sued his best friend. Oh, well, yeah, there is that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) This is nothing. (laughs) Yeah, fair. 
Um, <laughs> maybe maybe people just give him too much credit. Oh, great wrestler. Maybe if you buy his wrestling ability, then yeah, fantastic. But Phil Brooks. All right, fair play. Phil Brooks. <laughs> Should we move on to Tessa Blanchard? We can move on to Tessa Blanchard. Have you seen any of this shenanigan? What I know about this is she dropped the M-bomb, she's been a bully backstage, and she admitted it after Hard to Kill. So Hard to Kill happens. Um, she beats Sammy Callahan, um, not Sammy Guevara, for the... <laughs> <laughs> Same person, right? <laughs> Probably. Uh, <laughs> um, she beats that guy for um, the World Championship, and He's then immediately... World heavyweight Championship. Yeah, she posts a tweet that is along the lines of, um, "Yeah, um, women should women should bring each other up, not let each other down." And then immediately, out of the woodwork comes every woman she's ever fucking worked with. So it would seem from yep. all of the all of the nine rings of the upper echelons of the indie wrestling circuit, as well as a couple from WWE. Every single one of them appear out of nowhere and start saying, you're a fucking bully, and also, once in Japan you said the N-word, and spat in a black woman's face. Yep. And this all happened just before and after she won the title. So, I mean, if this is all going on, why not come out and say it beforehand? I mean, she has admitted it, essentially. But is this just jealousy on the part of every single woman wrestler that she's been in contact well, with? Well, that's the thing. I, I don't know. I, why have they waited so long? Like, exactly. if you don't want this in your culture, then why you, now? you... Yeah, why now? Oh, let's wait for somebody to finally achieve this thing and then let's use that as a platform in order to bring them down. No, fuck that. Grow a fucking spine. Like the simple fact is, if you work in that kind of circumstance and that kind of environment where that kind of bullshit happens to begin with, to speak up about it. Yeah, speak up about it. Definitely. Don't wait until someone's accomplished something and then use it to turn them down. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's the exact irony of this of it's, the situation, it's, isn't it? It's not saying that Tessa, Tessa Blanchard has done the right thing and doing what she's done because she hasn't is a terrible thing what she's done so assuming I'm not that she's done it not, I'm not con- yeah which kind of admitted it <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, have you seen the promo that was not aired after Hard to Kill no it wasn't a promo it was just her saying that she's human she made a mistake I like that I I so maybe she's not the same person she was anymore and she's a different person now hmm yeah, but, because people can change. Exactly, but I'm not condoning the behaviour that's happened. No, but I mean that's that's life, though, isn't it? I mean, you go. I mean, how? What? I'm I'm 33. I have made I made some stupid decisions four years ago, five years ago, six years ago. I I can think of stupid decisions I made three months ago. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I, I can think of decisions that some people could judge as offensive that I made five years ago, probably. You know, but the problem... Yeah, granted, I've never spat in a black person's face and I've never hard would them straight after. But... 
at what point does somebody become irredeemable? Because if we're going to do this every single time somebody accomplishes something, then Wade Barrett's going to get a lot of fucking work. <laughs> I do not get that reference. <laughs> it's because they replaced Jim Cornette with Wade Barrett. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah, that, yeah. That is been wasted, that, isn't it? Yeah. Just, uh, um, no, it's alright. I used it in the Christmas special. Yeah. So I. Uh, I, I, well, Taj used it in the Christmas yeah. special, so we're fine. Yeah, it totally did. Um, <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> speaking of Taz, um, there seems to be. Um, so, I just want to clear the air that because um, um, last week, obviously, anybody who was listening in the archives to our um, know that me and Taz had a f- bit of a difficulty on last week's episode of where the fuck is Taz? And God, Graham's. <laughs> were they good? They were good. They were, yeah, yeah. They were really good. Really you son of a bitch. So, um, <laughs> I this would usually be the point where I would get Taz in and we play a little he game. Would summon Taz. <laughs> <laughs> I would, um, but I I haven't By been playing his him. music. <laughs> I I don't think he's going to. What the hell? We have a caller. That's the where the fuck is Taz line. Um, Shaz. All right, I'm gonna answer. Pick it up. It. Here we go. Pick it up. Answer it. Uh, Taz. Ooh, an incantation is appearing on this magic window. Ooh, I better chant. That doesn't sound like Taz. Is that Taz. Corey Graves? Where the fuck? Where the fuck is Corey? Where the fuck is Corey? Oh, for fuck's sake. No, no, where the fuck is Corey? Where the fuck is Corey? Where on earth can I be? Where the fuck on earth can I be? Where the fuck is Corey? Where the fuck is Corey? Um, yeah, I guess we've got Corey Graves now on the show. Uh, Corey, bit surprised to hear you here. <laughs> yes. Sometimes the most surprising things come from the most innocuous of wounds. Right, I'm not going to pretend I know what that means. <laughs> yeah, where the fuck are you, Corey? <laughs> What's going on? I am in the ancient world of Midgard, on the Full Sail Peninsula. Um, right, okay. Uh, and that's where you are now, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, so... Are you, are you on a ship? Yes, I am on a ship. The many voices in my head tell me it is your ship. And that ship gave you the words to this song, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Are you... are you Jesse? I don't know who this Jesse is. But you're on like a retard, it's like it's, it's bigger on the inside, yeah? <laughs> yes, yes it is. <laughs> Okay, um, kind of weird. Alright, I guess we're going to have to play 
where the fuck is Taz, but this time with Corey Graves. So, where the fuck is Corey? Uh, um, do you have some instructions on the screen in regards to how to do this game? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Hurry up on that. I have a call I want to make. Quiet. I am playing games with the new gods. Okay, I am not going to try and unpack any of this. The next voice you hear is going to be Jay. Feel free to read him the instructions that you see on the screen. If this is the patch that Robot Rich implemented um, before they came and picked me up before the Christmas special, available on our anchor.fm forward slash jfabe archive, then um, it should pretty much give you all the clues you need and you just play it with my friend Jay. Jay will be the next person you speak to. Fucking great. Jay. All right, Corey. Uh, how, first time uh, how are you, you today? Um, uh, yeah, great. I was expecting Taz, but um, yeah. Who is but, this Taz uh, of whom you speak? Oh, you know, Suplex Machine. Taz Mission, motherfucker. You know. I have never met him on the Great Plains. Really? Of the Full Sail Peninsula. I hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> So, I am to play a game with you. I have been given three clues. After the second clue, there will be a countdown. A ticking clock. If you will. Well, we're really doing this, Richard. This is what's happening. We're playing with Corey. <laughs> After the second question, there will be a countdown. And I will give you your third clue. Then you must tell me... Where the fuck is Corey? Yeah, right. Are you ready? Sure, yeah. Are you ready to play? Where the fuck is Corey? Where the fuck is Corey? This location was one of the three cities, along with New York and Los Angeles, which hosted the second of the great WrestleMania. New Jersey. Previously called the Horizon, <laughs> this arena ah, was also the whole so city many times. Spring Stampede 1994, as well as the 1985 Wrestling Classic. Uh, Stampede, like, are you in Canada? Spring Stampede. I am going to start the countdown now. Alright. Chicago. NXT Chicago was hosted here. NXT Chicago was hosted here. So I said Chicago and that's not the answer. <laughs> For sake. What's in Chicago apart from Chicago? <laughs> It was the Rosemont Arena in Illinois. I have to guess the arena. <laughs> well, its location is in Rosemont, not so in it's the not city Chicago. of Chicago. Oh. It's close. I am so very sad. So very know. sad for you, Jay. Thanks, Corey. Jay hates Rosemont, everybody. 
There is no booze, for there is no rule that gives me the booze. I just did the booze. <laughs> okay, now I must go, but you have been a delightful conversation. Were we to meet on the battlefield, I would make sure that I skinned you last. Hurry up Corey. that, I have a phone call to make. Which room do I press? Oh, you press this one. Corey Graves, everybody. Fuck me. Enjoy that, Jay. Well, it's fucking Chicago, mate. Like, fuck's sake. <sighs> what? 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 What's Corey doing here, anyway? Um. Oh, I. I. I don't know. Taz hasn't been in contact, and I mean. <sighs> Robot Rich explained to me that he created a, a macro that if you press a certain button when you're in the retardus, it will call here and play a game of where the fuck is Taz. Not this time. Well, it's a crazy guy called Corey Graves. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Floki from every, Vikings. Floki from Vikings? <laughs> well, he does look yeah. like a Viking, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, if someone was going to theme a fictional version of him, that would probably be a fairly logical thing to do. Yeah, especially with a voice like so. that. I guess he. I guess he puts on the normal accent as kind of a kind of a kayfabe thing. What a dick! Yeah, he is a complete cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on from that NXT, <laughs> that wonderful segment, which I think is an award winner in and of itself, and much better than where the fuck is Taz? We don't even need Taz. Like, if he wants to not talk to me. You know, then we don't need him. Uh, I wouldn't say that about Taz. Um, still pretty angry at you, Rich. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I take that back. Taz, don't hurt do, me. do, my name's Taz. I'm going <laughs> to oh, kill you, Rich. Oh, God. I'm going to kill you. You do a great I'm impression gonna kill of him. You, stop, Rich. It. stop it, stop it. I'm going to kill out. you. You're freaking me out. You're freaking me out. You're, that's I'm like, gonna, that's, stop it. Gonna, that's gonna, the best I'm gonna, impression. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to feed your toenails to your dog, Rich. I'm going to pull your fingers out, Rich. Ooh, stop it. You're giving me chills. Ooh. Ooh, so it took you a bit of a okay, while to recover there. Took you a bit of a while to recover there from you. From you. Why do you hate Corey Graves? It's just a. Well, he used to be a nice gem dickhead, but now he's just a dickhead, isn't he? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No, I, I, I'm not a massive fan of Corey Graves. Um, I mean. If if Corey Graves like if somebody was going to be like legit evil, it's probably going to be Corey Graves, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, makes sense. a good villain. Let's face it, it's just pure evil. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what? He's the type of person who I think could use the phrase "guesstimate." Fucking hate when people do that. Have you ever had someone use the word "guesstimate" with you? <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. I've never said guesstimate in my life. Oh, it irritates me because a guess and an estimate are practically the same thing anyway. Like, so like a guesstimate is supposed to be like something in between an, a guess and an estimate. It's just like it's a misnomer. There's no fucking point to it. People who use the phrase guesstimate fucking deserve to die. <laughs> I've never used that before in my life. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. That's why we're still friends, mate. 
<laughs> Just gonna <sighs> guesstimate how long that's gonna last. Oh. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> 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 <sighs> now you're just gonna tell everyone, aren't you? About what? About that. The guesstimation. Next thing I know, you're gonna be ringing fucking Taz and telling him, or texting him, or. What is tweeting yeah. instead? Ugh. Son of a bitch. Right, um, let's move on. <laughs> NXT UK. This is apparently the meat of the show, according to Jay. Um, so we're 50 minutes in. It and we're about meat. to get to. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Um, so you've had all of the side courses first. Uh, bones, but we'll go with meat. Are you ready for the bone train? Um, <laughs> NXT UK Blackpool. What are your thoughts? It was good. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> No, it was one of the best shows, um, and it's the UK have fucking produced. Did yeah, which, Jim which is saying something because they've all smashed it. Um, but no, this was a particular. I mean, one. what is Jim Smallman's role within NXT UK? Um, I don't think we've ever defined it. What I do know is that um, he tweeted out on Wednesday um, before NXT UK shit. Hello, NXT, he, he put well, no, he tweeted out um, NXT Blackpool's in three days, and then he put hello Blackpool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, he's. I don't, I'm not quite sure what he actually does. Um, Jim Smallman, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, um, he is the um, one of one of the creative forces behind Progress Wrestling, um, who are now a feeder in the indie territory um, for WWE's NXT UK division. Um, Anything because, genius that happens is probably him. I mean, there was like a progress stamp on this product. Um, I think there's always been a progress stamp, but no, it was it did feel quite pronounced this time. Um, yeah. There were a couple of there are a couple of issues that kind of jump out to me, or a couple of things that jump out to me as kind of a great example of that. Um, obviously, there was a renewed focus on wrestling, um, or in wrestling, in regards to um, what was presented to the audience. I mean. Just one spot comes to mind from the Go first match. Uh, we'll call it the razor's edge because Tom Phillips just calls it that. Over the yeah. top rope into somebody to soften the bump. Yeah. Um, that was front. Was that front facing as well? No, no, it wasn't front facing. No. Um, oh no, you're entirely right. It wasn't. But I mean, you've got the six foot four Eddie Dennis, um, current progress champion. Um, performing a razor's edge over the top rope onto, um, well, he's, he's razor's edge. Production member. Yeah, yeah from Air quotations. Um, production yeah, member. Yeah, production member. Um, it's probably going to turn out to be MJF or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like with that Samoa Joe push that everybody's been floating around for the past three weeks because what culture pointed it out? Um, yeah, it's it, it was a very progress spot. It was very progress. Any other progress spots that kind of kind of exemplify your point? Just the whole match of Tyler Bay and Jordan Devlin. <laughs> Would you say that that was the match of the night? Yeah, because I mean, this was a pure wrestling masterclass from these two. I mean, oh, we knew they could go. Yeah. We both personally know that they could go. But 
Fuck me. They... We'll just say went. <laughs> <laughs> they fucked in, fucking tore the house down. Like, mm. wow. I mean, second match in, killed it. Absolutely smashed it. And we'll go into that when we go through the matches. Well, I thought that's what we're doing. Oh, okay. So we can get back to the first match if you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, more to say about the first match. Um, no, 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 let's 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 carry on with carry on with what we're doing at the moment. Um, what would you say was the would so you'd say that's the match of the night? What would you say was the spot of the night? Uh, double somersault off the ladder. Uh, yeah. What I liked about that spot was that it was quite clear what was originally intended to happen was that Flash Morgan Webster and is it Mark Andrews? Yep. Um, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews were supposed to come off either side of the ladder and go through the two members of Gallus. Um, however, um, I believe it was Joe Coffey's, um, Mark Coffey's, sorry, um, table that collapsed underneath him, um, which meant that there was only a table that was prone on one side of the ring, um, at which point, um, if you're watching for it, you can Thanks see... at the moment. Yeah, you can see Mark Andrews kind of say, I want us both to come off here, and the referee to kind of get approval from the back, um, and Wolfgang, obviously. But that's so smooth that if if you weren't looking out for it, and if you hadn't realised that that wasn't supposed to happen, you wouldn't have even noticed that. And the fact that they were able to get that moment out of it, and that the crew were able to adjust to that as well, um, because they then cut from hard cam, which is obviously what the spot was supposed to be from. They then cut from that um, into a member of the camera crew who had already kneeled down to make sure that he took in the full height of this behemoth and got full facials from both of these guys, as well as Wolfgang, who had adjusted his position to give the facial as well. It shows that there's been a lot of people kind of criticizing NXT UK since those um, rehearsal videos where they're rehearsing literally move for move have kind of shown up. Are you aware of those? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> they they appeared on the internet a few weeks ago and it was quite interesting stuff because it was literally a move for move of like three weeks worth of NXT UK stuff because they pre-tape them all as you know um, and the fact that they still have the ability to adjust within the WWE system at moments like that to create moments that are just as outstanding um, just a really good example um should we go match by match? Can do. Let's do it, Jay. Take us, take a, draw, paint a picture for us. Painting a picture. I'm really good at painting pictures. If you've noticed. Yeah, no, you do it with words, mate. You're like, you're like fucking Byron. I should have gone spot for spot, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like I mean, what I've got here. Like, I felt that the story told in Trent Seven Eddie Dennis was the old story of seven have to fight from the bottom underdog but always willing to put someone over and that's exactly what happened in this match hmm. i mean as we mentioned a few days ago um on our preview show that's still available in the archives if you want really in-depth kind of analyses of all of these all of these competitors if you're not quite used to the product or if you're not yet watched it and i would recommend going to watch that first just to kind of prime you for it um going, going back and listening to that but either way um it shows the amount of faith that is put in Trent Seven is that ability because he makes. 
uh, Eddie Dennis isn't as over with the with the international audience or the NXT UK audience as, as some of the other wrestlers on this um, on this roster because obviously they took out their big hitters, the the Pete Duns and the Walters and all of those people got a lot of exposure. Eddie Dennis not not as much, especially with his injury that you mentioned. Um, but the fact that you can put him in a ring with Trent Seven and Trent Seven will get him fucking over within twenty minutes. Is just shows what a consummate professional Trent Seven is. Always to will be. Um, always happy to put someone over again, like I said. Um, but you know, he, he put on a, he put on a good fight. It, it, it was it was a good match. Actually, I was quite surprised. I was actually really impressed with Eddie Dennis in this match as well. Obviously, with the preview show, I was saying, "Oh shit, don't like him. <laughs> don't like yeah. don't like his heel work." And then he pulls this out, and I'm like, oh, wow, wait a minute. <laughs> Every yeah. time I say something like this, I'm like, oh, actually, <laughs> wait there one second. <laughs> They've actually just put on a really good match, like the same thing with Jericho in, in um, Japan, the Wrestle Kingdom. I was just like, yeah, he's wrestling shit right now, but he went to Japan and fucking tore it down. Um, yeah. Same with Eddie Dennis in NXT UK Blackpool, number two. Just went there, tore it down, and I'm eating my words yet again. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Eddie. Thanks for yeah. making me do that. No, I, I really I've appreciate. Been, it. I've been watching him quite closely, um, especially in regards to him becoming um, Progress Wrestling Champion um, and the renewed interest that they've kind of, kind of thrown at at this entire affair. Um, and I've, I've felt that since he's since he's come back from his pec injury, he seems to have universally become a heel um, across pretty much every brand. Um, that he's in, and I think that that is that he's at that stage in his career now where he can actually actually pull that off um, quite nicely. I'm really really impressed with Eddie Dennis this year, um, and he's own well sorry for 2019, and he spent nine months of it on the fucking shelf. Um, so go Eddie, go wait. No, that's that's the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> any any thought in regards to this beyond that? Um, because there are some people saying that this is the weakest match on the card. I don't know. It was a great start. Um, it's a great match. Both wrestling maximized the time they had. It wasn't a long time at all. Um, but they used every single fucking second of that match to to, mm. to create that story that was told of the underdog trying to fight his way from the bottom, but the heel squashing mm. that underdog fucking, you know, I know I really enjoyed the match. It was like a progress NXT fusion. Um, yeah. if this is direction um, going forward with things in NXT UK, like within, I was just really looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I will note with this as well is that, I mean, takeovers have kind of a reputation for just being, um, banger after banger, as it were, absolutely smashing it and, you know, breakneck pace and all of those kind of things. A great example would be the only Lorcan, um, undisputed era, um, match. Um, was it only Lorcan and what's that other guy's name? Danny Birch. Danny Burch and Only Lorcan um, versus Undisputed Era match from NXT, um, I'm going to say Brooklyn 2, um, although I may be wrong with that. In fact, I know I'm wrong with that. It was New no, Orleans. you are wrong with that. 
Yeah, it was New Orleans. Um, no, it was Chicago too. Sorry. Anyway, um, <coughs> where they, the fuck they... is Danny Birch <laughs> <laughs> and Ernie Larkin? You all right, mate? We. I'm Danny Birch. Hey, hey, Nick. Hey, Nick, Nick, Nick. <laughs> Why, I? Nah, Dad. I'll never introduce a character. Uh, yeah, yeah Danny. We're, we're, we're just gonna go out there. And we're gonna fuck everything up. Oh wait. oh wait the other guy just turned into British guy too yeah, yeah it just <laughs> happens um, no I, I genuinely genuinely do think that um, like this was more of a UK kind of related uh, um, a UK indie style show um, in that sense in that the pacing was each match built on the last in how intense it got and that's that's something that the NXT structure has somewhat missed at times because when you're watching banger after banger, sometimes you just have to hit pause and say, fuck me, I've just watched two matches that are enough for me to not want to watch wrestling again for a month because they were so fucking good. Not that I would ever say that because I love fucking wrestling, but too much wrestling. But no, I I like the slower pace of this match and I think um, anybody who was expecting to go into this match and see fucking... Neville versus Austin Aries um, will be surely disappointed, much like they were when they saw Neville versus Austin Aries. Yeah, it's a good match. That yeah, really enjoyed it. It was a highlight affair. Cool. That was Austin Next Aries ma- and and um, Pack. Oh, okay. Um, next up, we have, <laughs> of course. Um, the, Katie Ray versus Tony Storm versus Pippa Nevin. The NXT women's title match. Match yep. title. This went 13 NXT. minutes and 10 seconds. It was a triple threat match for the NXT UK. Was it only 13 minutes and 10 seconds? Because it felt like a lot longer. That is quite an insult. In, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, no, they managed to pack a lot into it. It's, <laughs> in I mean, a good how, way, long, like... how long do you reckon the Eddie Dennis Trent Seven match was? Uh, about. Um, 12 minutes it was 8 minutes 15 I was thinking 8 and then I went for 12 ah, fair play um, at the start of this card by the way um, before we go on to this women's match I'd like to mention um, opening the card was Joseph Connor, Connors um, and a kid that'll appear on NXT UK next week I imagine and Dave Mastiff versus Cassius Ono um, not going to comment on those because we don't want to hit spoilers um Moving on, Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm, Piper Niven. Um, what were your thoughts on this? How how the feud was set up? How it how it kind of played out, and how this match this match went? Well, I mean, how it set up is obviously Tony Storm is obsessed with Kaylee Ray and taking her out and winning that championship to the point where she asked Piper Niven to step aside and not be in the match, and she would get the that first That is just shot. a dick move, right? <laughs> oh, and then Piper Niven obviously just smashed her in the face. Tony of anger, yeah. but going into the match, um, you clearly see Tony Storm's obsession with beating the crap out of Kaylee was clearly a downfall. He immediately take, took her out of the match, mm. immediately. And I mean, she had some really good spots, but obviously you could see that her headspace wasn't in the match, and she played that she played that part really well. Yeah, that was fair. Um, and then friends became friends. Took out the champ, and then Pippa never stopped Tony Storm from winning. 
and it all kind of spiraled from there for Tony Storm. Yeah, I mean, um, it was it was a well told story. Um, really enjoyed that. I I'm excited about Tony Storm and Piper Niven, particularly. Um, I mean, uh, that is no detriment to anyone else who appeared in this match. Um, Kaylee Ray, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, who is killing two, it? Who is killing it? I mean, she is killing it absolutely. And she she but, took mean, the, the the heel win as well, which was. Which was quite good. I quite like that. Mm. Um, no, I've absolutely thoroughly enjoyed watching Piper Niven and how she's how she's kind of evolved since she came to the um, came to the WWE. Pippin? It's Piper. Well, there we go then. Uh, name in Reptide was the Viper. Uh, the Viper Piper. And also in ICW. Mm. Um. But no, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed um, this match. And you know that I sometimes it's a hard sell to get me to sit through a women's match. Um, this, you would have had no issues sitting through this match. It was fucking I had no issue. I had no <laughs> issue. I thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. I sat glued to my screen. I was invested in all three of them. Um, and like, I, like I said in the um, previous show to this, the chemistry between Kaylee Ray and... and Piper Niven is fucking insane. And adding Tony mm. Storm to that, it was just icing on the cake, wasn't it? So, yeah, I mean, Nigel McGuinness um, said um, that one of the best kept secret secrets in wrestling was the tag team division of NXT UK. If that's the best kept secret, then the second best kept secret is the women's division. Because fuck me, all three of these women can go, and I thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. Welcome to the world of UK British wrestling. I I am almost saying uh, like I am excited for NXT UK's product um, at the moment, and this like, is I British wrestling still the best wrestling. Like they've they've come back like and started kicking ass again. Well, British wrestling's always been the best wrestling, um, and <sighs> there was a time it had it, its it had its funk. It did have a funk. It had a funk um, from the um, about about 1987 to a lot of people consider that like that kind of ended towards um, 2001, 2002. But even then, 2001 to about 2009, um, the old British style was gone, and it was very much an emulation of the American style of wrestling. Um, it then re- it then it's it's old identity kind of resurfaced um, over the past kind of 10-15 years um, especially with places like Progress stuff like that and and this is probably the best the best example of British wrestling you can find um, on any like bar for bar card for card barring the tournaments um, this is probably the best overall holistic example of what a British wrestling card independently looks like I feel um, in regards to within the WWE ecosystem, at least. Okay, I mean, if you're talking about the women's division, then yes. But if you're talking about mm. British wrestling as a whole, it's got to be progress, right? Um, no, I was talking within the WWE ecosystem, but yeah, okay. outside, yeah, yeah. like I was saying, that this specific pay per view, when compared to other WWE UK pay per views, although the other ones have been good, this is the 
this is the example of you could literally stick this in the electric ballroom and stick a progress label on it and it would have been exactly the same show (laughs) yeah yeah Or, or it could have been exactly the same show and would have would have had no one would have said wwe had a hand in this you know what i mean exactly that's what i want to know what jim smallman's doing in nxt like i i would say that jim smallman is i I, i've heard he's a road agent or something similar but i i currently i'm having trouble with um my dns server so i can't actually get any information upon my screen i'm I'm currently using cached um pages to finish off this show so i couldn't tell you (laughs) moving on moving on Tyler Bate, Jordan Devlin. Um, this match was 22 minutes and 25 seconds. It was a singles match, of course. Um, we said going into this that Tyler Bate's job was to put over Jordan Devlin or not, maybe not lose to him. We expected him to lose to him, but more to the point, the mission here was to get Jordan Devlin over and, prove and show us the yeah. things that he's been showing the rest of the UK for the past five years and we are now we now what need to see within NXT UK for him to continue to be a marketable property that happened yeah <laughs> 100% he meant up for the uh, match but that fucking happened it was 50-50 booking at his best yeah it really <sighs> was this is this is a great example of when to use 50-50 booking as well um, you know, Jordan has played. Jordan has played the comic foil for three years now. He has played the loudmouth, not ready for the big leagues. Um, gonna get his ass kicked. Um, you know, you're just waiting for someone like, say, Finn Balor or Tyler Bate or Pete Dunne or Travis Banks when he was a face. Somebody like that to turn he up. He was and in kick the crowd. He had a good time. Hmm. He did, didn't he? He did, he did. Somebody like that to turn up. Sexy (laughs) Travis. Sexy Travis. If anyone's watched chapter 100, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. Big sexy Travis. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was... Like that's, That's what we've been used to, or somebody who only watches this as their example of Jordan Devlin have been used to for the past three years. So you can't be blamed when people would say Jordan Devlin can't fucking wrestle. But this was the Jordan Devlin that we saw at um, Super Strong Style 16. This yes. is the Jordan Devlin who we see wrestle chapter after chapter on Progress we Wrestling. Can, well, we can week out, but chapter after chapter, like you said. Yeah, chapter after chapter <laughs> um, on Progress Wrestling, bell to bell as, the t- as one half of the tag team champions. This is the Jordan Devlin that I have gone from absolutely thinking he was just a shit Finn Balor. There weren't any shit bit Finn Balor. Just a shit Finn Balor. There weren't any just of those chapters after about not. 10 minutes. He's not. Mm. It was like pure wrestling match. Mm. It was a true sentimentally evolved style yeah. of British wrestling it completely evolved ground game both of them excellent reversals fucking on, on point power moves both fucking strong strong style halfway through as well they went for it they had a strong yeah. style breakdown like you do in New Japan Pro Wrestling with the forearms yeah. it's just it's just yeah. the match that you wanted to see 
It's like you would never get this on Raw or SmackDown. You would not get this fucking you kind of wrestling. The, well, the two guys of this size have never been given 22 minutes, 25 seconds. Like, it's like they will never be given that. You know, time this anyway. is progress. This is. Oh wait, no, it's. It's. I mean, it's NXT UK. Well, it's <laughs> progress, as in it is progress, progress for the brand. Th- progress for the brand. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. It is progress, and that's that's the beauty of it. Um, any any thoughts about this? Any spots that stand out? Obviously the um, obviously the whirling dervish that lasted a good minute and a half um, was quite an interesting one. Um, so there was a reversal to the Devon side early on, where he he pulled up and then came back, smacked him in the face. I thought that was great. Uh, the mm. mocking of a bait kicking him in the face, um, playing in the mind games was I, f- I fucking rated that. Uh, the yeah. code breaker off the high cross body double knees into the chest Spanish fly into um, butt bang and then yeah. beating the shit out of each other which was the strong style um, beat down to each other that was that was fucking amazing there's even more spots that I didn't actually note but because I was too busy watching it <laughs> it was fucking yeah. amazing yeah um, <laughs> such a I good mean... match such a good match yeah, that's that's one of those. If somebody asks me um, what is British wrestling, um, I will quite happily that put defies that. it right there. Yeah, that that would be that would be up there with anything from Hello Wembley, anything from the Electric Ballroom, anything from um, anything from Riptide, anything from Rev Pro. It would be there. Excuse you know? me. And then the standing ovation from Triple H. Yeah, William standing Regal. ovation from Triple H. And Johnny Saint. Johnny Saint, yeah. Um, I mean, that just shows it, doesn't it? I mean, It does. It does. What more could you actually ask for? The, the one thing that I did notice is that though, like, I couldn't see those guys in that booth throughout the rest of it. So I'm pretty sure they knew that this was going to be a banger. Um, I don't know how... I don't know how much information they had um, going into it, but I think they knew this was the one to be stood there at the end of standing and applauding. But yeah, no, absolutely masterpiece. Um, and people will be watching that to train from 50 years from now. <sighs> I mean, does that take Tyler Bate back into the main event scene after winning that? It doesn't need to. Um, I think, it, I think it could. I think the biggest problem that Tyler Bate has at the moment is that you have big guys on the title scene and no matter how good he, he can defeat them, you know he can defeat them, I know he can defeat them, but he'll never defeat someone like Volta. Um, not whilst there is... Not whilst there is potential WrestleMania marketability for Walter I've to a, protect. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a good thing going off. Um, after we get after the um, main event, I've got, a, I've got a thing going off. I've got a theory that could happen, um, which would be quite interesting. Oh, yeah, all right, all right. Let's 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 put that on the back burner for now, and let's go back to that. Um, shall we move forward with the four-way tag match? This was. Gallus, unless you've got anything else to say about Tyler Bate, Jordan Devlin. 
just fucking amazing, mate. Let's, let's carry on. <laughs> yeah, I think we've sucked their dicks long enough, um, but it was well earned. Um, Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang as the tag team champions faced Imperium, the team of Fabian Archner and Marcel Bartel, and the grivel, the grizzled, grizzled, grizzled young veterans Zach Gibson and James Drake, along with. Um, the team of Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, boo. or as I call it, the throw them together. Boo! They got booed. Um, they got booed when they came out. Yeah. <laughs> boo! <laughs> I think part of that is maybe some bad booking. Flash Morgan Webster. Um, Flash Morgan Webster sometimes plays a heel up north. Right, yeah, that makes sense. And Mark Andrews obviously is already playing a heel in a fairly, fairly well publicised storyline for progress. Um, is he not? Yeah, he's with Eddie Dennis. He's yeah, very yeah. much a heel there. So I think that part of this could have been residuals from that. If it, if we, I have... mean, if it's going to bleed through to NXT UK, they just need to switch him to heels. Mm. Um, I think they probably could um, quite probably easily. Should. There are some people like the grizzled young veterans are solid heels. Um, they're heels everywhere they go. Imperium's going to be the same Take thing. Shoes uh, off if you hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> shoes yeah. off. But, I'm yeah. singing it wrong, but yeah, um, 25 minutes this went on for. Uh, First ever NXT UK ladder match. 25 minutes, better, bang on it? the money. Could have been better. Sorry, could have been better. How so? I mean, the sixth ladder spot was completely messed up. There was yeah, no, that it was, seemed like that something was big was meant to happen there, and it just completely fell apart. Mm. Um, um, that was pretty much the big spot that was supposed to happen, I think, and no one knows what it's going to be now because it just fucked up. Yeah, it didn't seem to. They didn't seem to quite necessarily cohesively gel. Um, there seems to have been quite a few miscues. Um, and I'm not quite sure whose part that would be on at this stage because it's hard to work out exactly what the spots were. Um, I mean, for a ladder match, for a first ever ladder match, NXT UK, I think they could have done a lot worse. I feel like I saw a ladder match that lasted about the length of time it needed to last. Um, It wasn't a bad match. It was like you are entirely right. There was this was strong, kind of the middle was crap. Yeah, the ending was, was mid- strong. Yeah, there was this middle section that you could have cut the middle kind of seven minutes or so out of that match, where they're basically the usefulness of half of the wrestlers was positioning themselves so that they could move ladders around. Um, and there was a point where it became like a Cirque du Soleil. But with without the choreography, yeah. If that makes sense, I mean, like the MVP of that match was Imperium, like Imperium were spot on all the way through. Yeah, Imperium were Imperium were bang on all the way through. Um, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang weren't too bad, um, but I, I'm almost getting the impression that. Somebody's trying to set up Gallus um, to be kind of locker room leaders or, you know, those kind of 
ring generals, as it were. Um, and no pun intended. No, no pun intended. Obviously, but then when actual ring generals get in the ring, like Fabian Archer and like Marcel Bartel. Um, it it all kind of falls apart, and then you've also got the grizzled young veterans who usually lead in their matches as well, um, because they are the heels. Um, and then you've got Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, who are both playing heels at the moment and would usually be leading the matches that they're in outside of yeah. WWE UK. Um, that just gives me the impression that the, this was a too many cooks kind of situation with the choreography. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's like I don't know how they brought it back for the ending, but they they ended up doing it. Yeah, they did deliver, but pretty much anything before the table spot, um, but after kind of the initial smosh and everybody everybody kind of pull apart, that that middle section could have just gone. You could have, as I say, this match could have been fifteen minutes um, and still had the same impact. I have too much to really. It was, it was, it's alright. It was an alright match. Anything else about this match that you could say? If they do it again, make it right. Like, I mean. <laughs> if they do spring, it again, don't be shit. Don't be shit. Yeah, Springboard Moonsault by Fabian Archer onto Webster was fucking a great spot. Fully enjoyed yeah. that. We've already spoken about the double somersault. Um, to ladder from Wolfgang, you gave a really good insight of why that happened. Um, yeah. And then Gallus wins. I, I didn't want Gallus to win. I wanted Imperium to take it so they could hold all the gold going against Undisputed Era going into Worlds Collide. But never know, because it'll happen before yeah, they get that's there. Still happen, but the MVPs of that ladder match should have taken the titles. Mm. That makes sense. I've got really, it's, it's hard to kind of contextualize a ladder match sometimes when there's so many um, competitors involved. To be fair, it really is. Um, it's definitely one worth watching. I think, but when we get to, by the time we get to the end of the year, it will be forgotten. Um, oh, definitely. I think, I think. I think NXT itself will probably have a better ladder match before the end of this year. Um, let alone the rest of the main roster. Um. And I think I think maybe next time they are doing that with a group of people who maybe haven't had the opportunity to work a ladder match with equipment like that. Maybe not make it as big a match. I think I think Gallus versus Imperium probably would have told a better story at this stage. Um and you could have had Grizzled Young Veterans and Mark Andrews Flash Morgan Webster, you could have bumped that to well, um, NXT another well. event. Well, we'll get into that. Because <laughs> I thought Adam was fucking amazing. So You thought what? So you're saying that it was a lie that Gallus versus Imperium would be better? Um, well, maybe even Imperium grizzled young veterans. Um, I think what I'm saying is there were too, too many teams. Um, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster were definitely one of them. Um, no offense to them. But, you know, I mean, they needed somebody to leap off the top of a ladder, and I'm pretty sure Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster are game for that, considering what we saw. But 
I just felt that there was a few too many teams here. There were a few too many people. And I think that was ultimately the problem, considering that, I mean, other than Fabian Archner and Marcel Bartel and maybe Zach Gibson, James Drake, who else will have worked a ladder match of that scale before? Are we talking about James Drake? Has he ever worked a ladder match before? Didn't seem like it. actually. <laughs> but Zach Gibson definitely will have. Oh yeah, no Zach Gibson can work any work any match. Like I'm yeah. a full fledged fan of this guy. He's fucking amazing. So, are we summarising or where are we with this? Are we giving it giving it a five? <laughs> Just this one match. <laughs> All right, go for it. Three and a half. Ouch! If it was in the Tokyo Dome. Five. <laughs> that is harsh. Um, Joe Coffee Walter. Um, so what, what, there are a couple of things yours? to point out. Sorry? What would you give it? I think um, if we're actually talking a solid out of five rating rather than a Meltzer scale out of five, I would probably have put it at about three and a half. Um, the spots that were in there that were spots I enjoyed. There was a bit of a messiness in the middle um, and therefore it lost the level of fluidity that I have come to expect from multi-man tag ladder matches um, produced by the WWE. Um, They perfected this 22 years ago. They perfected this format. The fact that whether this was a miscommunication in the actual choreography or whether it was just poor selection of the actual wrestlers involved either way it didn't work um, quite as well as it should have done and at some point somebody should have seen that choreography and been able to say we can cut 10 minutes out of this and not lose a thing you thought I was harsh on to the next match (laughs) (laughs) Walter and Joe Coffey. Walter versus Joe Coffey. Walter. Interesting things about this match. Joe Coffey, um, when upon completion of this 27 minutes and 30 second match, will have fought a total of 62 minutes in main events for NXT UK takeovers, um, giving him the longest amount of time in main events at NXT UK TakeOvers since the inception of the brand. Um, I know there's only been three TakeOvers, but that's quite interesting for Joe Coffey. Um, it's his second TakeOver um, as main the challenger. Yep, in the main event. Um, what were your thoughts on this match overall? Well, overall, it was it was... It was a hard hitting affair. Hard hitting affair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is Jay's this is Jay's catchphrase right here. Should make it a t shirt. A hard hitting affair. What, yeah. like you invented it? <laughs> Fucking invented it like a year ago. Is that, <laughs> wait, is that actually your phrase? No. I'm sure I've heard somebody else say that at some point. We can just steal it and copyright it and then no one else can have it. So Oh, like Bash at the Beach. Exactly. Oh, now, whose side am I falling on there? That's for you to decide. On Twitter, hit me up, at another time, Duke. Um, Jay, you started off Twitter this week, didn't you, before we go into this main event? Yeah, I've got a Twitter. 
It's at. <laughs> it's at something something zero zero. It's at I am not a robot, <laughs> but the robot is zeros. Yeah, robot's got zeros. The, the robot's it's got zeros confusing. instead of us. Yeah, yeah. It's, zeros. It's totally cool. Um, yeah. Hit Jay up. Tell him how easy he was to find. Um, make sure you put <laughs> I am not a robot, as there is also a not a robot as well as not a robot with zeros. So keep an eye out for that one. So um, one has zeros, and is I am not a robot. I am not a robot. Yeah. Bebop. Walter, Joe Coffee, Walter. will fall. <laughs> what are you even on about? What are you talking about? Okay, so Joe Coffee versus Walter. Uh, good. <laughs> I really liked um, how Joe Coffee used himself as a weapon, like early on in the match. Just like throwing himself at Walter mm. just to like kind of bring him down a peg. That was. Yeah, I one of the great draws with Walter and one of the things that we've seen quite often with Walter, especially on the independent scene, has been um has been the need for people to kind of put him against somebody who is physically a lot smaller than him. Um classic examples being of course David Starr recently did a sequence with him in progress. Um Zack Saber Jr. had some fairly um famous matches with him in the past. Um pretty much anybody he's ever faced um, at, um, I can think of actually even Pete Dunne's quite a short lad so seeing Joe Coffey and someone of Joe Coffey's Tyler size Bate. go against Walter Tyler Bate obviously one of his one of his most celebrated opponents um, seeing someone like Joe Coffey go against Walter and actually be able to approach him in the size stakes is nice It's like Asia Styles versus Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, Kofi Kingston. Oh wait, guess <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> um, they've told that the smaller guy trying to overpower Walter story quite a bit, and it's it's been nice to see this match play out where both of them are of equal kind of stature. I know that Walter's still the bigger man, but it felt a lot more evenly matched going in and therefore it was a more exciting affair to some degree or at least a more kind of... I mean, some say it was a very repetitive match, like they were doing the same things over and over again, but I felt like it, the pace of it was really strong and I felt that they were giving a variety um, within the match, like the high-flying moves, the strong moves, the power moves throughout that match. Um, but the one thing that... They didn't need to get involved, Dragonoff and Alexander Wolf. Uh, yeah, I felt that I that mean, was um, it wasn't the finish unnecessary, but it I felt it took away from the match. I don't feel it was necessary at all. Um, I think that that that's one of those moves where it was clearly it was clearly there to test Dragonoff and see what the pop was like for him. It was big. because I mean, Dragonoff. <laughs> Dragonoff is fucking over at the moment in the UK. Um, he's just come off the se- the series of a lifetime with um, Cara Noir. Um, 
again on progress. Um, he's he's had a string of great events um, on NXT UK itself, including the Alexander Wolf match from the NXT UK before, and he's about to go into Worlds Collide against um, Finn, Finn Balor. Balor. I mean, that is going to be an absolute fucking banger. Some people are going so far as to say that he is the most over wrestler in the UK scene at the moment. I think that's debatable, but I think there is a debate there. I I think this was literally just to test the waters and see what the reaction actually was at an event like that, where people didn't know he was going to be there. And, yeah, the, the roof, roof tore off there. Yeah. yeah. It absolutely blew off the place. It was the second biggest pop of the night. Maybe Dragunov will be the one to topple Volta. I think he very well could be. I would like to see him have... I would like to see him go through every single member of Imperium until he gets to Volta. Okay, so let's announce the winner. It was Volta. Volta wins. Right, okay. Yeah. So... We'll get to what happened to what after, but we'll finish with that. Um, yeah, so, those two were involved in the match. Okay, so Joe Coffey loses. Great match. Mm-hmm. But, if you think about it, would the next match end up being a fatal four-way? Would you have Joe Coffey, Falter, Dragunov, Alexander Wolf within the same match? I don't think you'd have Walter and Alexander Wolf in the same match. I don't think that's necessary. Um, but I don't. Th- if they were in the same match, and putting the title on Alexander Wolf, it'd be interesting. Um, very interesting. Because would he be perceived the leader? Well, that's that's an interesting question. Um, I would like to see, um, especially if he didn't pin Walter to get it. Exactly. That would be a very that interesting. That would be the dynamic. way I would put that forward, and he ends up being saying Dragonoff or Joe Coffey. I would have Alexander Wolf take a different title. There isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I would have him take the North American title. Okay. What and taking it to NXT UK? Um, not take it to the NXT UK as it were, but kind of. Well, yeah, maybe work both shows for about a month. I know that that's a bit of a heavy schedule for someone like Wolf, but you know, hear me out. Well, it's not actually that heavy a schedule because they pre-tape all of the NXT UK stuff. But work both shows, um, but have kind of dissension in the ranks then, and then have a one-on-one match between Wolf and Walter. Maybe even bullet club it up and have and have the rest of Imperium split down the middle. Fabian Archer and Marcel Barthel to each take a corner. Um, but you know, then you could extend the Imperium brand out and have an American arm and a UK arm as well, and they could have that presence on both shows. Like you know, Incognable is de Japan. Yes. Yeah, but there's the the Falcon as well. Mm. It's an interesting one. Um, I think you could do a lot with it. Um, I do like your idea though. Um, where where here from Walter? Where else can he go? 
he's pretty much laid waste to the NXT UK scene. Um, he's almost the NXT scene. Well, just with the title. Well, we'll lose title first, and then fuck off. To who? Alexander Wolf, and then who will lead Imperium? Okay, that could work. Um, Walter is kind of an outcast face in NXT. And then, you that know, work. Pete Dunne and, and Walter could become a tag team. <laughs> I don't see them tagging anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> Interesting, though, wouldn't it? Fantasy true, wise. true. Mm. Um, Pretty strong start, Lisa Florian. Yeah, let's finish it off with um, Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era. Um, they run from the crowd and take it to Imperium. Um, the roof absolutely does blow off the place um, so hard that it almost hits. That was um, the biggest the pop of the night. Yeah, that was the biggest pop of the night without a shadow of a doubt. Um, really good segment. Um, are you excited for Worlds Collide? I am fucking looking forward to it. I am looking forward to doing a podcast on this. It's probably going to be one of the interesting events in the year. And the year's only just begun. Definitely. Um, I reckon it is probably going to be one of the most interesting. I mean, the Worlds Collide segments from last year, um, although they're only an hour, um, they were really, really good. Um, thoroughly enjoyed that. Just seeing this not pay per view, anything exactly like that. This, this is going to be fucking one of the probably one of the best fucking events that's going to happen within WWE this year. I hope so um, because it really is looking like it's going to smash it out of the park. Very much looking forward to it. Um, Bala and Dragonoff. Dragonoff. That's probably going to steal the show anyway. But yeah, no, really, really looking forward to this one. If it doesn't, um, then there's yeah. something wrong going on there. But it mm. does have the potential for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, anything else in regards to this event that you want to mention? The best NXT UK takeover event. Um, I felt that a lot of them fell flat. This this was bell to bell. Every single match, apart from the middle part of the ladder match, solid. Yeah, it's completely solid. I would say that's that's. A, do you feel that this was a good representation of UK indie? Yes, yes, I do. It was a very. Um, good who would? Who from the UK indie scene? Um, well, in fact, who from the UK or who who can you think of that you would most like to see in NXT UK um, moving forward? Um, someone new or somebody who's not currently on the brand? Um, don't think it's going to be anybody there, signed. But anybody David Starr, but he won't go. Probably, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. should do though. Uh, Carl Noir. As well, oh, Corin Noir, yeah. Um, I think I've no, I haven't. Asian Street and Corin Noir would be a really good, <laughs> really good yeah. team. Like, obviously, um, Asian Street's now a trainer at PC in the UK, so putting them two together and also, also way too old to be doing such things, but putting them two together as a trainer and a, and a fucking pupil. I tell you what, mate, if I had control of a fucking time machine. 
I would make that tag team happen. Well, you don't, so... Hmm. I'm just time, 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 dude. Don't do that. Don't do that. You've you've listened. You've been listening to the archive again, I have, haven't you? I have. I've been listening to all the archive. At anchor.fm forward slash jfade. Um, you listen to the Christmas special and all of this. All, all of the robot stuff that happened and all of that. There's, there's, we had robots, man. Apparently, this. Uh, feel, <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. We don't, we don't remember it, but it was there. It was there. You need the full story. You can always hit us up on there. Um, we're also on YouTube now. Um, we've got YouTube. Um, Jfabe is the name of the channel. Um, just hit us up. Um, obviously, there's some stuff where you need, where you can hear the full story. Um, on YouTube, we will be dropping um, all of the segments you hear at the start and the end um, from the JFabe universe um, that you know play before we uh, we have no part in that at all. Obviously, everybody is played by themselves, but <laughs> but all of those kind of get loaded onto YouTube um, so that you can listen to those completely separate from us. And I'll be working hard in my editing suite to make sure that we get more of these segments from this actual podcast up over the next few months there's a lot of work that goes into doing this kind of stuff um, and we just really want to thank everybody who does listen um, if you haven't already please rate us on iTunes or similar um, tell all your friends about us we're not above you shamelessly plugging for us we don't spend any money on advertising we don't we don't put adverts in a show at the moment um, we don't have a Patreon nothing like that, we're doing this solely for the love at the moment um, we may look at those things in the future but for right now just your support is all that we want um, and we want your feedback feel free to get in touch with us um, Jay, anything else that we can say? I think you covered it mate I think you just killed it right there Awesome. Um, shout out to Mitch. Um, <laughs> awesome, Jay. Shout out to Mitch. Uh, Mitch, you've always been amazing today with us. We can't thank you yeah. enough for that, mate. You are a legend. Yeah, no, you are great. Um, Mitchy, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch. And... That's his nickname. <laughs> this has been a really long episode, so I want to thank you all for sticking around for this. I might edit it, edit it a bit to shorten out some of the cruft because, fuck me. Um, even with just the AEW section and this section, it's like going to be two hours long. So enjoy. I'm sure they will. Let's get my groove on. Can't see me. Let's get my groove on. <laughs> Wherever you are, there you are. I'm right here. That's where I am. <laughs> see you later, guys. Bye. Ne- next week, Wednesday, as always. Good save. Bye. <laughs> uh, feels like we've been following this trail forever. You'd think a robot body shop emporium would be easy to find. Alexa, do you know where we are? We are approaching the constellation Circinus around 17,000 light years away from Earth. Well, that explains why it took three whole days to get here. What's that weird wavy thing in the sky?
This nebula used to be known as the Hand of God, in the year 2185 in honor of WrestleMania 200, the United Entertainment of Planets, led by Robo Vince McMahon renamed it, the Hand of Mae Young, in honor of the former WWE women's wrestler. With the Hand of Mae Young? That makes a lot of sense. Any sign of a wormhole? Yes, picking up a gravity well near a Class M star, it is linked to a rocky planet. The gravity well indicates a chaotic wormhole which, if navigated correctly, could lead to another dimension. The Starflurk home planet in another dimension. This could get us to Jesse Body Ventura's Robot Body Shop Emporium. It would be easy to guesstimate that the Snarflurk home planet in the pocket dimension containing it could be beyond that wormhole. Any sign of the robot technology we've been tracking? Yes, it appears to have landed on a base on the planet. A base? This far out? Never knew we came this far. Can we find out who's there? That won't be a problem. They are hailing you. Put him through. Unidentified Sultana ship. This is MJF. Of the Khan Rebellion. You are in Rebellion-controlled territory. Please state your purpose. Hey, um, it's me, Taz. I'm just, um, following a bit of technology that may have landed here. Have you seen it at all? Taz, you've finally taken up the offer to join us? What offer? I've never met any of you before. Oh, sorry, my mistake. One moment. He's stalling. Commander Khan, we have Taz outside. He's claiming never to have met us. And he's asking about the artifact. The artifact. Bring him to me. They've locked on a tractor beam. Looks like we're going wherever they want us to go. We're guiding you to our base. Please make sure that you have your ship ready for inspection and boarding. There are numerous pieces of contraband in this area that we need to scan for. We got him, sir. Excellent. Have we heard back from Chief Science Officer Adam Cole's girlfriend yet? She scanned the artifact, sir. It's a robot memory core. It appears to have come from the Rift. And its place of origin is the Robot Body Shop Emporium. So it could guide us through the wormhole. It sure could. Excellent. Time to get started. Well, that's the thing. It needs a bit of DNA. A little bit of a helper. DNA? From who? This is a Series 6 type android. It's based around the emulation of DNA in order to create the physical form and the mental makeup. Oh wow. Jesse never makes it simple, does he? No siree. But you know what type of people we're dealing with here. Jesse the Body Ventura was notorious about his security. Fine. Do we know what type of robot this is so we know what DNA to get? Yep. It's been narrowed down to two people. This android is either a Rich or a Jay. Rich and Jay, Rich and Jay. Oh, you mean from showing like that stupid podcast that takes absolutely nothing seriously? Yep. Do we know anybody who has a pre-existing relationship with them? We do, sir. And his ship's just being pulled into our docking bay now. What is it that is interrupting us now? It's a call. Username says... Agent 48. Answer it. Play it in my ready room. Agent 48, please hold for Mr. Khan. Dave Meltzer, 
You're supposed to be embedded in the Full Sail Peninsula. What is the purpose of this call? Things are moving on, Mr. Khan. Things always move on. Tell me, to what do I owe this pleasure? A stone came from the sky, as did a man. The stone dogs. Did it perhaps come from the rift? Yes. Under the apron of the canvas of the universe. It came with a shooting star. So there are two robot cores. That is some valuable information. Some cash is going into your account now. Money. The one true god, yes. So tell me, how are you calling me? Triple H should be detecting any calls coming from the peninsula. The gods are blind to this call. I am using the vessel that brought the herald from the sky. A herald from the sky, you say? Tell me more. I'm told his name is Nigel McGuinness. But his old name was Jesse Ventura. I see. So you are in the Retardus. It looks like a Zamboni and is bigger on the inside. What's more, Corey believes it's stolen. There is an opportunity to take control of this situation. Tell me, do you still have the ear of the usurper? The old gods hear my thoughts. This visitor, make sure he gets called up by the King of Kings. I'm sure he has a use for him. Once he has touched the glove, you can seize the retardus. And he who controls the retardus is the hand inside the gloves. Yes, my liege. This guest of yours will have something else I want. The deeds to a body shop emporium. Make sure you and your fool are trained in flying this thing. It's time for a little excursion. Sire? Did you know wrestling has more than one royal family?